Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. ACC Big Ten Challenge action on tap for the Iowa basketball team tonight. The 5-1 Hawkeyes take on 4-2 Wake Forest, an 8 p.m. tip at Carver-Hawkeye Arena. Bears safety Eddie Jackson reportedly suffered a Liz Frank foot injury in Sunday's loss to the Jets. He'll be sidelined indefinitely. Jackson, the team's second-leading tackler. With a victory over Iran this afternoon, the U.S. men's national soccer team would advance to the knockout stage of the World Cup. I'm Doug Thompson. For the win. From the Jethro's Barbecue Studios, where every Tuesday get two for one on the best wings in town. Score! This is Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. For 75 years, NCMIC has been doing the right thing for its customers, employees, and the community. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Welcome back. It's hour number two. I'm Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Pete Futek, college football news toward the bottom of the hour. Trends play of the day. Circa Sports uh, sponsors that. Uh, coming up here at about oh, 10 minutes or so before uh, 1 o'clock. Right now, David Eicholt joins. Hawkeye Insider, part of 24-7 Sports. It's going to be a very busy time for uh, David Eicholt and uh, his fellow um, in twenty four seven team mm-hmm. rivals Bach, teams, yes. all of these folks gonna be uh, doing a lot of work as the transfer portal is about to open. We expect a number of names, comings and goings, perhaps coaches as well. And David joins us. David, uh, good, you're going to be busy. Uh, we appreciate you coming on. Uh, I guess let's start with the news that uh, came down this morning. Uh, Alex Badi was a year later than both. I don't want to put words in Trent's mouth, but both Trent and I seemingly uh, thought it was going to happen this time last year. It didn't. Mm-hmm. He stuck with it. Good for him. Uh, but is leaving and uh, made it clear on his um, kind of thank you note that he put out to Hawkeye Nation that he's got two years of eligibility left. Wanted to make that reminder out there. So Padilla leaving, uh, not a huge surprise, but where does Iowa go from here? First of all, good to be with you guys. I appreciate it. And, yeah, this isn't really surprising news. I mean, after we after Iowa lost to Nebraska, we got a chance to talk to Padilla, and he was directly asked about his future. And he said, yeah, you know, we're going to take a couple weeks, and I'll think about it. I haven't really thought about it yet. But if you read between the lines and kind of his body language, you kind of knew that this was it. The writing was on the wall. Um, so I do think where Iowa goes from here is the transfer portal. I know. Big shocker, right? I mean, obviously the news came out yesterday that Cade McNamara, the former Michigan quarterback, has officially is going to enter the transfer portal. I believe he could have up to three years of eligibility left with the COVID year and with the medical redshirt as well, along with the one additional year of eligibility. So I think Iowa, without a doubt, has to hit the transfer portal. I expect Spencer Petras to be moving on as well. So Iowa would only have Joe Lavis, Carson May, and Marco Linez, who won't even arrive on campus until June. So You know, with the last year of divisional play being next year and the guys that Iowa potentially has coming back next season, I mean, it lines up. If Iowa wants a realistic shot at a Big Ten title in the very near future, they have to go to the portal. They have to get a transfer quarterback. I just just don't think you can avoid it, even though we know Kirk Ferentz has always been kind of relatively stubborn about utilizing transfer portal at skill positions. But you got to do what you got to do this offseason, no doubt about it. So I expect them to hit the portal. Cade McNamara, that's where the buzz continues to go. You mentioned him just a, a moment ago. A fit for what Iowa is going to do in the future. And speaking of that future, 
what's the new offense going to look like? And it leads to the question, who's going to be running that new offense? Or will it be Brian for another year? Yeah, so I think right now there's obviously nothing confirmed, but I do think that Kirk's in the midst of making some tough decisions. But, you know, from speaking to sources about the Iowa quarterback situation, I do know that there is significant mutual interest between Iowa and Cade McNamara. Obviously, Iowa cannot engage in those conversations until December 5th, but from all accounts, I do think that he's a perfect fit for what Iowa wants to do. I talked to a lot of our Michigan guys. I talked to people kind of around his camp, and they believe that Cade McNamara can shine in a pro-style offense. And I think you look at what he did at Michigan. This is a guy who won a Big Ten title over Iowa. This is a guy who started a college football playoff game. About six foot one, 206 pounds. Not a great mobile quarterback, but he can maneuver the pocket, and he can at least extend plays. And I think if you want to run Iowa style of offense, that's all you really need from him. So I do think from a leadership perspective, from having Big Ten experience, I do think that all those things align with what Iowa's going to want to do. And like you said, who's going to run the offense? I still continue to hear major smoke about Brian Ferentz potentially looking to jump to the NFL, go coach a, a offensive line or something in the NFL. Maybe a you know opportunity comes up with Bill O'Brien. Maybe he goes to another college, but – Right now, after back-to-back years of being 121st in total offense, 130th in total offense, it's almost coaching malpractice to have him return to run the offensive coordinator. And, you know, if Brian moves on, if Iowa and Brian move on, I think John Budmeyer is going to be the guy. I think you look at just he's he's been in Iowa's program for a year. Maybe this has been the plan all along. I know I'm putting on a tinfoil hat here, <laughs> but maybe when they brought him in saying, you know, we'll, we'll hand you the keys potentially next season, this is a guy who has high offensive coordinator experience. And the other part of it, too, which is interesting, he did coach Cade McNamara's brother for one year at Colorado State. Oh. So there is some family ties between McNamara and John Budmeyer. So, I will look for that, but again, I'm very intrigued about what Iowa's going to do with their coaching staff on offense because, again, I think they're all good guys. I think they're all good coaches, but you can't you can't have a last dance of of this offense. The last dance probably should have been last year, in all honesty. Yeah, they 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 bet on themselves, is what they said during the month of January, and um, uh, it, it didn't work out. So, let's time wise this uh, with with this, David, if you will, if indeed those moves, I mean, does does Brian get to the bowl game? Is is that the you know the, the finale? Would this happen before? I mean, we got a signing day coming up pretty quickly here. Do the um, the, the 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 incoming recruiting class? Do they? Uh, if you're especially if you're a skill position player, do you want to know? Who, I would think who's running your offense prior to putting your name uh, to signing your name. When when timeline wise, give us an idea. Yeah, you know, I think that's the big question mark for me. But you have to understand also, it's important to note that the players have more rights than ever now. So even if they did sign Fair Iowa, point. Iowa, really good point. Changes, yep. They could probably get out of the letter of intent. They could probably enter the name of the transfer portal right away. So there are ways around it. But, you know, if I'm Kirk Ferentz, I try to get it done sooner rather than later. Not playing for a conference title. Uh, you have some young guys in the room. And the reality of the situation is, guys, the transfer portal opens December 5th. Let's be real. Iowa's going to have to re-recruit some of their star players to come back. Because if you're a 130th ranked offense, Iowa had two wide receivers have 10 or more catches this year. They had two wide receiver receiving touchdowns, one from Nico, one from Arlen Bruce. You're going to have to re-recruit your own guys. So Iowa cannot afford to take a back seat and wait to see how it all unfolds. Iowa has to get out in front of this. They have to figure out who wants to leave who they can convince to stay, and who they have to attack in the transfer portal. 
Uh, but like you said, it's going to be very interesting timing-wise. If I'm Kirk, I make the changes ASAP. But I also think it's irresponsible to make a change without a plan. So, again, I think that responsibility is going to fall on, on Kirk and, and the rest of that coaching staff to be able to come up with something that can work. And I don't want to say to salvage the recruiting class, but you have to be as transparent as possible, I think, nowadays more than ever, especially again with the transfer portal, with signing day coming up. It's going to be a very, very hectic next month and a half, I think, for Iowa football. You know, a month or two ago, I looked up Utah. I just love what they do offensively. I think something like that could work. And I happen to look up Andy Ludwig, their offensive coordinator, longtime connection to Willingham. He makes $2.5 million a year at Utah. <laughs> Is Iowa willing to yeah. pay that for a real offensive coordinator? Not a coach's kid a real offensive coordinator that will come in and actually be able to do the work, somebody that can bring this offense to the 21st century. Is Iowa willing to swim in those waters and and pay that kind of money to a coordinator? You know, I think that's a big question mark. And, you know, I know people are going to maybe roll their eyes when I say this, but you can't pay an offensive coordinator that until you pay Phil Parker that. Absolutely. Because without Phil Parker, without <laughs> where, what, what, where would Iowa be right now without mm-hmm. Phil Parker? I, I think Phil Parker this season, the fact that he's not a Broyles Award finalist is, is kind of a joke to me, but again, I almost understand it because they didn't win enough games. Mm-hmm. But Iowa, I'm not, you, you probably agree with me, if Iowa wins two football games this year, if, if their defense isn't that. Probably. That, that's, the, that's the crazy part. So I think what Kirk needs to do is maybe renegotiate if he's serious about renegotiates on this contract, have a bigger assistant coach salary pool, go off, go after some big offensive coordinators. And my first call, this is a very, very, very big long shot, and I don't think it would happen. I call Sharon Moore a Michigan yeah. offensive line coach and mm-hmm. co-offensive coordinator. You throw him seven digits and say, please come fix what's broken. Yeah. Because if you get that and you get Phil Parker, I think you have a very, very formidable team that not only would be a favorite to win the Big Ten West next year, they should be expected to win the Big Ten West next year. And again, with the Cade McNamara thing, that probably wouldn't exactly hurt his case either. Mm-hmm. Who, who are they up against uh, with, uh, when it comes to McNamara? Who else is flirting around? Have you heard? You know, I, I thought Notre Dame was going to poke around a little bit, but I also think they still believe in Tyler Buckner and they saw some higher priority targets. I think the team that would really kind of, you know, not worry me if I was an Iowa fan. I mean, Luke Fickle at Wisconsin. Yeah. You think they're going to want to run it back with Graham? No, 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 I, no. I certainly would not. So I think if Luke Fickle picks up the phone and they make a run at, at Cade McNamara, I think he's a perfect fit for that system. I think it would be intriguing. But I'm also questioning how many guys are going to stick around and play for Luke Fickle because I know there's a lot of Wisconsin players and they're people pissed. that are very upset yep. that Jim Leonard is not the head coach. So yep. I do think there's some turmoil, but let's be real. Hiring Luke Fickle is a big, big win for the University of Wisconsin. Another team I'd at least look at maybe is the University of Miami. I think their quarterback situation is kind of fluctuated. I know Cade McNamara is more of a West Coast guy, but Miami's got the NIL money, and they're desperate to get back to where they want to be. Uh, I think that would certainly be another school to watch for. But I do think that Iowa's in a good position. I think Wisconsin, they make a run, is in a good position. And there will be a number of places that come calling for a guy who started a college football playoff game. Yeah, really. No doubt about it. Talking with David Eichel, 24-7, SportsHawkeyeInsider.com. All right, David, let's uh, jump over to the recruiting realm and Caden Proctor. What's the latest? A uh, lot of rumblings. You guys were out front of it. I told you. I heard those rumblings Friday night before the semifinal game. Oregon wasn't talked about, just a possibility of a visit, and we know what happened on Saturday. So fill us in the details and where we sit right now with the five-star offense alignment. You know, I think a couple things. One, 
you, people need to realize, like, if you're going to recruit the Blue Bloods, you're going to recruit the big boys, this is how it goes. Mm-hmm. You look at guys from yep. Georgia, Alabama, even though they're committed, they're taking visits. It has nothing to do with Iowa. They're five stars. He's checking all the boxes. And, again, with NIL and everything else, it, it's, it's more enticing than ever to continue to look around. I think Iowa still has done a nice job here. I still think Iowa is the favorite over Oregon. I think Oregon feels that they still have some – Catching up to do, I think them losing their offensive coordinator certainly doesn't help Oregon. And, you know, if Brian ends up moving on, I don't think that exactly hurts Iowa for Kane Proctor, um, just in terms of what Iowa wants to do offensively. But right now, if I had to give a slight edge, I still think he signs with Iowa. Alabama's not giving up on Kane Proctor. Mm-hmm. Oregon's still doing the full-court press. And I do think that from what I've been told, Iowa kind of slowed the boat with Kane Proctor at times this season. Didn't recruit him as heavily because they felt they had him. You got a top 10 overall recruit. You got to recruit him all year round, even after he committed. So I think once Iowa was aware of that, they've really picked it back up and they've really continued to uh, at least do what they, you know, do what they can control. I still think he signs with Iowa, uh, you know, come the national signing day, but uh, this one isn't over. It's going to go on for another couple of weeks, I believe. Well, weren't Brian and and Kirk at, at a Southeast Pole game late in the regular season, Trent? It was one of uh, uh, Channel 13's games, I think. Okay, and they were in the stands anyway. Hey, let me ask you about Tory Taylor. He's obviously eligible to go to the NFL. Um, he's going to be 26 years old next July. Has <laughs> anybody t- spoken with him about uh, his plans? Uh, because he seems like he's got to go, doesn't he? Yeah, I mean, he's a year younger than me now that you kind of put that out there. That's kind of crazy to think about. Uh, you know, Tory is just such a unique guy in terms of he, he loves the college experience. He loves Iowa. He loves just the culture of it. I, You know, I don't think it's a done deal that he wants to go. I know he wants to kick in the NFL one day, but he genuinely loves playing college football. He genuinely loves going to school. He loves Iowa City. He loves Lamar Woods. I haven't spoken to too many in his camp, but every single time we've asked him about the NFL, he said, no, I'm in no hurry to go to the wow, NFL. Good. I love my life. It's, it's, it's great in Iowa City. I enjoy being around all the guys. And Again, it's such a big culture switch from him going from Australia to the University of Iowa and Iowa City, but I think the way that Iowa City has sort of embraced him, I think that's also helped. But I would also point out this. If the NCAA lifts the visa restrictions for NIL and players over which they should can get some NIL money, I agree with you. If that happens, I certainly don't think that's going to hurt Tory Taylor and staying in Iowa because Lord knows how much money he probably would earn from NIL in Iowa City. It'd be big time, and yeah. he's raised over fifty thousand dollars for Count the Kicks, which is just an incredible, incredible, yep. incredible endeavor. There. All right, so we got football, we got recruiting. Oh, and by the way, it's also the Put together, we got basketball season. The women's team in the top ten gave UConn a hell of a fight on Sunday. You got the men's team coming off the loss, Georgia Tech, and of course Duke coming up a week from tonight. So let's start with the men's basketball team and what you saw against uh, TCU in that loss. And boy, it just felt like a lot of our kind of standard complaints about Iowa under Fran McCaffrey kind of came to the forefront in that one. You know, it was an interesting game. I think one is a bad matchup. Eddie Lamb can completely change the scope of the game. He only had 9.8 rebounds, but that size and what he did was great. But here's what I would also point out, too. I thought Iowa's half-court defense was actually pretty good. I think they got beat too many times on backdoor cuts, but they got killed on second-chance points. Iowa turned it over 15 times, which led to, I think, 23 points off turnovers for TCU. Iowa does not turn the ball over very often. 
And, you know, to be honest, I actually thought Iowa got plenty of good shots, especially from three-point range. They just couldn't find the bomb of the net. So, you know, it's a, it's a bad – it's not a bad walk. TC was a Sweet 16 last team last year. They returned 96% of their scoring. It's a loss that you would have liked to see Iowa compete in more, though. But it was also a perfect storm of Iowa needs to rebound better and Iowa was missing shots, and Iowa just has self-inflicted wounds. But half-court defense-wise, I'm still encouraged by I don't think we're going to see Chris Murray struggle in back-to-back games the rest of the season, and I don't think we're going to see Patrick McCaffrey oh, for- play like that again. I mean, that, 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 was, his, that was his worst career yep. game. I, I just don't expect that to happen again. So, you know, it, it's like putting Febreze on garbage, but that's <laughs> the reality of the situation. You, you, you learn early on. You suffer that loss, but... Look, Iowa's got plenty of chances against Georgia Tech's not that good. Iowa, I think, is limited double digits tonight. Play against Duke 44 hours later, they play Iowa State, then they got Wisconsin. So wow. they can't hang their head, and I think they have the schedule in front of them that should allow them to put the TCU game behind them. I'm with you. Lampkin versus Oshuni. Once we get to Big 12 Conference play, a couple of big boys going after each other, TCU and, uh, uh, and uh, Iowa State. Um there was a couple of bright spots. Obviously, Eulis was terrific in that basketball game. One of it, fair to say, one of his better games, one of his better moments as a as a hockey. He's had some good ones, uh, but he was really good against TCU the other day. You know, I think so. I know he's had some better statistical games, but it was just in terms of his defense. I thought was great. You throw him and Perkins in there. I mean, I think Iowa's perimeter defense is actually playing pretty well right now. And Aaron Eulis having a three-point shot and having that mid-range pull-up completely transcends what he can bring to the table. We've talked all offseason about, does Iowa have the guard play to be able to make a run? And if Eulis has that pull-up jumper and does not turn the ball over and plays that pesky defense, you throw him with Perkins and, and once Sanford gets it going, and Connor McCaffrey, who's kind of do it all and shooting better, Iowa's got some guys. I really do like the makeup of this team right now. It's going to be very, very interesting to see how they continue to develop. But as always, guys, it just depends on who plays well at the right time. And I'd also point out that DeSante Bowen, I think, is fresh off his two best yeah, games. Absolutely. As a he, he seems like he's picking it up very, very quickly. Uh, before I let you go, are you hearing anything on Arlen Bruce? Is he good? You know, I think, you know, I, I think what I'll say is this. I think it's irresponsible for, for me and my media colleagues to throw out names in terms of who could transfer. I don't think it's fair to, to the players. I don't think it's fair to the program. But I did find it notable that he has Iowa taken out of the social media accounts. Oh, does so he? So when I talk about guys that Iowa might need to re-recruit, yeah. I think Arlen Bruce is certainly going to be one of those guys and probably, you know, some other guys on the offense. Yeah, you know, Arlen. He was he was the guy that I was told to to pay close attention, to Arlen Bruce. Anyways, we'll see what happens. David Eichholz, you're going to be busy. Uh, we'll read it at HawkeyeInsider.com <laughs> and on your Twitter feed, and talk to you on the radio. Thanks for doing this as always. Hey, thanks, guys. Always appreciate you having me. Yeah, appreciate it. David Eichholz, uh, Hawkeye Insider, twenty four seven Sports. Boy, it sounds like this McNamara thing's been out there for a while, and yep. maybe, maybe just maybe, it's over. I hope, for the Hawks' sakes. You know, somebody mentioned to us on Twitter, maybe Illinois would be involved. I saw that, yeah. That would make sense, right? Uh-huh, uh-huh. But I, the connection, though, with the McNamara, With the brother. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. one, because I what we said at the top of the show, what's the connection? Right. How has this been you, in the you works? You couldn't find one, yeah. They didn't, they didn't recruit him out of high school, so, well, now we know that there is a there connection. There is something there. Uh, and are you starting to come around to think maybe Brian won't be there? Because I know yesterday you thought, I, I, I know that I got to see it. Yeah. Put me in Missouri. Show me. 
mm-hmm. until I see it with my own eyes. And you can't let this drag out. No, you can't, Trent. That's that's the key. I believe, yes, there will be eventually, but it has to happen now. Mm-hmm. I, enough of the saving face. Mm-hmm. It, you're paid millions of dollars a year. Your son's paid a million dollars a year. It's not about saving face. It's about saving your program. So what if they get to whatever bowl? Well, they're going to get to a bowl. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brian's not there. Peach's not there. Padilla's not there. New offensive or interim offensive coordinator. Somebody calling the plays. Mm-hmm. Uh, who's going to be um, running the place? It's a good question. Nobody has a background of it. I don't know. <laughs> is it Theo Kelton Copeland? Maybe. I mean, is this the next step in development for LeVar Woods? Of course, he was a defensive player. That would make some sense if indeed he's ready to do that. But if nobody doesn't, Bud Meyer has called plays before as offensive coordinator last year at Colorado State. Wasn't very good at it, but has done that. It'll probably be Bud Meyer, right? But don't you have to have... And, and, and what, I don't know and how what quarterback's here is he in? <laughs> well, it'll be... If Petrus isn't available, it'll be Labus. Just put Cooper DeGene back there. Uh, no, that's a <laughs> No, he's not. Come live in reality with me. <laughs> I hear you. All right, uh, we'll take our time out. Come back. We're going to talk to uh, Pete Fute. That college football conversation continues with Pete. The drama tonight is 5-6. Absolutely. That's it. Yeah, that, that's about that. That's it. So they'll get to... They'll get to that point, then they'll pause, and then they'll go one, two, three, four, and leave the five, six unveil for the very end. And when they do, I'll see it on Twitter. You won't see it live. God, no. <laughs> Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106. Station, KXNO. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. It's my go-to when betting the NFL this holiday season. They got the same game parlays, easy and fast payouts, player prop options, a deep, deep menu of futures. I know that gets Ken excited as well. New customers, you can bet just $5 on any NFL team. All they have to do is just win a game. You'll get $150 in free bets if they do. And check this out right now, everybody. That means us existing customers can earn up to 150% boost on those DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to the app, place your same-game parlay, can buy multiple bets, which team will win. Throw in some player props, and there's a boatload of those. Total points, dot, 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 so many more opportunities. The more legs that you add, the bigger the boost, the bigger your shot to win big. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use Promo code KXNO. Place a $5 bet on any NFL team on the money line. Win their game. You'll get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code KXNO. Must be 21 or older. Iowa only. Bonus issued as free bets. One boost per eligible game. Opt-in required. 10-plus leg requirement for 100% boost. Deposit parlay and wagering restrictions apply. Eligibility and terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms. Gambling problem? Merry Christmas! With year-end approaching, you may have a surplus of dental care as part of your health plan. Fuller Dental has appointments available between now and year's end. Visit fullerdental.net or call 515-266-3437, 266-3437 to schedule your appointment at Fuller Family Dental. Fuller Associates Family Dentistry located near Grandview Golf Course in Des Moines and a new location in Altoona. Online, Fuller D- Privacy Protection. Now back to Miller and Condon. On 106.3 KXNO, here's Ken and Trent. Hi, welcome back. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. We take you 
Up until 1 o'clock, Trent's played the day coming up here uh, in about 15 minutes or so. Let's talk to Pete Futek, College Football News. Yes, the regular season over, but uh, still an unveiled tonight. We think it's kind of anticlimactic. Who will be five? Who will be six? That's where the drama lies as far as we see it. We'll pit, uh, pick Pete's ba- brain on that uh, as well as other uh, topics. Hello, Pete Futek. How are you, Trent and Ken in Des Moines? I'm doing just fine, Trent Ken Des Moines. How are you guys? Doing well. Uh, so we see the the, uh, the television show tonight is basically the drama's five or six. Will Ohio State be five? Will Alabama be five? Um, I, I saw your website. I, I read your piece. I, I go to one of my stops uh, early in the morning. You've got Ohio State five, Alabama six. Did that give uh, – how long did you spend on that? Did you go back and forth? Or is it as simple as, you know, one loss is better than two losses and the one-loss team deserves to be five? And, yeah, it, that's basically it. I mean, theoretically, if you're going to say Michigan is two, or I wouldn't even be a thousand percent stunned if Michigan isn't one tonight. Uh, if you're saying Michigan is one or two, and your one loss is to the first or second best team in the country, theoretically, it still means it could be three. It's not how they think. It's not how they work. But there's that, and I think just the two losses are a problem, I think. You know, the win over Penn State now becomes stronger than just about anything else that Alabama was able to do. The win over Notre Dame is as strong as just about anything that Alabama can do. Uh, and, I, and I think also there's the, the problem of you did lose to Tennessee. Now the committee's going to say, well, Hinton Hooker's hurt now, and that's part of the equation. They're going to write Tennessee lower. But that's going to be a part of this whole issue as well. Uh, so I, I, I all that's basically saying, I think Ohio State's going to be fifth and right on the doorstep of getting in if USC loses to Utah. Should it be that way? If USC falls for a second time, say another tight one to Utah, should it matter? Or should USC, because they had to run the extra lap, they had to play the extra game here, should they stay with the close loss at number four? And how does the, again, two losses, always a big component, how does the committee deal through that? This is why this whole thing is messed up. Because there's no parameters for it. Because, look, if you're saying who are the, most, the four most deserving teams to get in, then, okay, I, I'm with you on the argument. I, I argued, I've argued this for years that it's not fair that some teams have to, have to deal with a conference championship and another team can kind of sit back and watch, and then it doesn't have to play in it. So, okay. Then on the flip side of it is, if the, the whole point of this is this committee of you know, so-called experts, which they kind of aren't, but okay, uh, can say, okay, we're going to pick the four best teams. Well, all right, are you really so – like right now, if you had to bet your house, are you betting TCU over Ohio State? Would you take, you know, USC over Ohio State? Maybe I would. But um, Ohio State's still a very, very good team. It still had went 11-0 beating everyone by double digits, the only team in the country to do that, and had a bad day against a team that might be the first or second best team in the country. So I, I think Ohio State's before. And here's the other crazy part to remember, too. No matter what these penultimate rankings say, they could all blow up next week. They, they, could, they, could, they always fall back on the total body of work thing that they will, will look at when all the things come together and that's and all that matters is how this all shakes up after all the conference championships. And even then, even if they put Alabama at five, they could at the very end say, you know what, we're taking the entire body of work and saying we're going to put Tennessee higher than Alabama. Mm. 
and Ohio State ends up getting it or something yeah, like that. And uh, you're just a Michigan one or two. The reason I think they'll leave them at two is because if Ohio State does find a way to crawl back into it, they would be four at best. Yeah, uh, in, in in my way of thinking, and I just don't see a Michigan Ohio State rematch in a semifinal game. Does that yeah, make they sense? Don't think like that though. That's I, whether well, they're they're not supposed to. And they, they, the thing about the college football playoff community that gets completely kind of blown off is they absolutely are a thousand percent sincere. Like there's no real ulterior motive to this group think that they do. They really what they've always fallen back on is thinking we want the four best teams in the best order possible because then we can explain it, then we can uh, rationalize it. Once you start kind of you know gerrymandering it a little bit and saying, well, we don't want this team to play this team here, and this team, then they sort of lose their their mission and focus. So for what, I don't think they think like that when it comes to when it comes to uh, you know how this is going to match up. So which is the only real drama left really in this is does USC beat Utah and does Georgia beat LSU? Because the one way that this could get messy is the committee would love nothing more. And the way the committee does think about these sorts of things is where they put teams because they want to, they want to make the bowl system, right? They want to make the new year six games with the most people possible, the most interest. So that they do think about. And in that way, they would love to put Georgia in Atlanta. And they would love to have Georgia play in the Peach Bowl. But if they lose and Michigan and TCU win, and it's Michigan 1, TCU 2, I don't know how you can put TCU and Georgia in the Peach Bowl because then that punishes the number right. six team. So that, that's the only part of this that could get a little fun. Interesting. Pete Futek joining us, college football news, looking around college football. Kansas State, are they fine with the loss or are they in trouble with – well, we saw it before. The Buckeyes got that number four seed even after they pasted TCU did Iowa State 55-3. to three. Are you okay with the loss? Is that- yeah. Yeah. Um, it depends on how the loss is. Look, here, here's the problem. Is the, the number one thing that the committee always says is, did you win your Power 5 conference championship? They look at conference mm-hmm. championships, but they say strength of schedule and all that. Okay, yeah, but they, it really starts with they want, they want to be able to, because that's the easiest thing to justify. They won their Power 5 Conference Championship. It's hard to argue against that. And so far in the history, the eight-year history, did you go 12-1 and one and do it? Well, then you're in unless you're 2018 Ohio State. And the only reason they didn't get in is because they're in with 12-0. and 0. So, so, But 12-1 and one without winning your Power 5 Conference Championship, stack them up against Ohio State head-to-head. Obviously, you know, one would have one more win. But give me the really good TCU win. I mean, they, you know, it was so easy. Everyone in the Big 12 would have done it. But they don't have a killer victory on the schedule. And Ohio State beating Penn State sort of – Penn State's only losses were to Michigan and Ohio State, and they trucked everyone else. That's kind of a better thing than TCU, you can argue. And you can argue Notre Dame is actually sort of a better win than anything TCU can put up. So – I don't think Ohio State would get in over a 12-1 TCU, but I wouldn't be shocked if they, they could justify it. Hmm. Uh, can you justify, I know you're a Heisman voter and you can't say who you voted for, but I don't. I assume you haven't yet. Um, boy, it sure seems like Caleb Williams, I mean, if you're betting on anybody else not named Caleb Williams, it's almost like you're, you're throwing your money away at this point. Is there anybody who's got a chance to, uh, to, to knock him off that uh, seemingly... Um, uh, that perch that he's on right I now. Don't, yeah, 
he would have to completely collapse. Like he would have like and I'm not putting it past the Utah defense. I mean that's you know, the the Utah defense can rise up and make teams look silly on the right day. And look, if they somehow have a formula that that, that shuts down Caleb Williams, then then it gets a little interesting. As long you USC doesn't have to win, but as long as Caleb Williams is okay, I think this is over. Mm-hmm. Only too. because he had the one game that everyone watched. Yep. And I don't think America has any clue who Max Duggan is. And like, <laughs> like they just don't. And then we can, you know, all the people who are stumping for him, like, oh, he should be. The, oh, yeah, he probably should be. But it's a popularity beauty contest, and no one knows. You know, he could be standing right in front of him. No one knows who he is. So, like, I, I the other guy is C.J. Stroud, and it was, he doesn't play defense. It wasn't his fault that they lost to Michigan. He was good. I mean, he had a pick, bad pick, but like. Still, you had to press to try to do this. Stroud's the only other guy. I would be stunned if the final Heisman vote is not Caleb Williams, C.J. Stroud, Max Duggan third, and I don't even really have a fourth. That's <laughs> probably possible there. Uh, phone line's starting to get a little uh, fuzzy here. We're going to let you go, Pete. Thanks for what you do for us, Pete Futek. We'll talk to you in the weeks ahead. Thank you. Have a good one, guys. Yep, take care. Pete Futek, College Football News. Dot com is the cell phone gremlins. They got him appearance. right at the end. At right least it wasn't until the end. I love uh, yeah. having Futek on. I did too. I wanted to pick his brain. Does uh, is there a, is there an upset this? See, K State's not an upset. It's me. not. I don't think it is. You saw the first half of that game. They I were did. demolishing. They were. Him. They were. You get to see four week quarterback Jake Rupley in that game. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, they played three. Right, the old Valley quarterback. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a couple true. weeks. Um. <sighs> Caleb Williams is a cinch. Yep. Uh, what, what's the biggest price you've seen? I've seen like uh, minus 30. Uh, the, I, I don't like one to 30. You know what? I didn't, I didn't even look. Yeah. Because I'm not betting on him. No. Because you, you, you can't at this point. Um, see, I, where I disagree with Pete, I don't think they would, they're going to move Michigan to one just because of Ohio State. Because they're. They don't want to see. I, I truly believe. That's unless, the biggest rivalry. They want to see in the final. If unless Alabama is their fifth team. Then, well, my assumption is based on Ohio State being five. But if Alabama is number five, then very easily they would flip because they, they don't want to see Georgia uh-huh. battle until the championship, the rematch that, of last year. Yeah, I know they're not supposed to do a lot of things that we know that they tell us that they don't, but they're manipulating. Well, they're trying just, to do the best. The the idiotic nature of this whole thing. I want to see after the games are played this week is to see two teams that didn't play flip flop. Be it Ohio right. State, Alabama, just because. Yeah, Alabama suddenly jumps yeah. Ohio right, State. Right. Well, they're both home this weekend. Right. Nobody played. Right. Well, we looked a little bit deeper. It's just. Yeah, don't make that up. Don't try piano or whatever. <laughs> Tell me it's raining. Uh, we'll take a timeout. Trent's play of the day. Mr. Monday Night hit yesterday. Eight and four against the number this year. That's a good On Monday price. Night, that is yeah. very good. That is really good. Uh, what's the Monday Nighter next week? Did you see going forward? I uh, hadn't even taken a peek yet. Um, going to be watching that one in the Flying V Bar at the Los Ventana Canyon. Oh, yeah? Saints at Bucks. Eh. Good divisional matchup. Not bad. You know, I'm surprised we haven't had an announcement yet from NBC. And the fact that there's... I'm surprised that next Sunday night, Denver is scheduled to host... Well, they're going to host Kansas City, but it's scheduled to be Sunday night football. You can't get enough Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. There's that going for you. Yep. Denver's awful. Why would you want to keep that game? Because it's Patrick Mahomes. Did, did I answer my question in the you beginning? Yeah. You, you said it. As even, we... even though it's an awful matchup, mm-hmm. and they're going to win by 40. Right. 
You still want Mahomes in prime time. Other possible flex games that weekend. Raven-Steelers. Raven That's uh, it's a good rivalry game. But, yeah. you, I mean, 10 years ago, yes. Right. Eagles-Giants. Okay. Maybe. I mean, all right now, all the teams in the East, I think, are in. Jets-Bills. Not bad. Uh, it's in Buffalo. Yeah. Miami at the Chargers. There's a good one. That's fun. Yeah. But what's going to rate better? Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes. Bucks of 49ers, that is the late afternoon window. I don't know if no. they can flex with that one. Bucks 49 uh, They're just going to stick with it. They're going to use their flexibility later in the season if they can. I mean, they got Pats Raiders the week after that in week 15. Pats Raiders. That thing's got that's, flex that's, city. That's, that's going yeah. for sure. There's that's, no way. Oh, in the late afternoon game that day, Cincinnati at Tampa. Mm. I, I was not a believer this summer. We went back and forth about the Bengals I don't know how many times. Mm-hmm. I was on board. You weren't. You're going to be proven right. The, the way that they're playing, the way that offensive line is getting better. Starting to. Joe Burrow, I love mm-hmm. that dude. He's so tough. He's my favorite quarterback in the league. Yeah. He I, is. He's yeah, my favorite quarterback yeah. in the league. It's not Russell Wilson, huh? You know, just by an inch. <laughs> Got him at the end with they're the nose. They're tied to this dude, this fraud, for to, through 2026. George Payton, the GM, you got to fire him. Mm-hmm. You gave all those picks, all those players. You your your free agent signing this year was Randy Gregor. He's played one or two games. Mm. You got Russell Wilson here. You signed him, gave him a quarter of a billion dollars with a B, quarter of a billion dollars. <sighs> Keep thinking, thirty two, thirty three, and fifty. Those were pretty good Sundays, Super Bowl Sundays uh, in the Bronco fandom. Um, I got to go all the way back to 20. It's been a while for you. Yeah. Miller and Condon, Trent's Plays of the Day next. Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. It's off if you or someone you know needs help. If you own a house, you've got a huge asset. And everyone's looking at it. With Wall Street investors buying up homes in Des Moines and renting them out like never before, you have to wonder, what do they see in your big asset that you don't? The truth is... If you sell your home instead of renting it, you can kiss your asset goodbye. Especially with today's higher interest rates, the best way to save your asset is to rent it out instead. Does renting make your asset look big? Yes, it does. Especially when you hire the professional landlords at Renner's Warehouse. DIYing your property management is a total pain in your asset. But with Renner's Warehouse, you never have to find tenants, collect rent, or handle pesky maintenance calls again. Don't lose your asset. And stop busting your asset trying to manage it yourself. Go to renterswarehouse.com to book your free home rental price analysis today. Or call 515-528-4429. Renters Warehouse. You can't buy happiness. Dental.net. Get in on the action with the world's largest sports book. Right at your fingertips. Circa Sports Iowa is where the pros play. Enjoy the highest limits, lowest takeouts, and competitive betting menus. Download, fund, and bet from anywhere in Iowa. Circa Sports Iowa. Sports betting the way it should be. Download your new bookie today. Visit CircaSports.com. Must be over 21 and present in Iowa to bet. Have a gambling problem? Merry Christmas! Trent's Pick of the Day is brought to you by Circus Sports. Download the Circus Sports app today to play with Trent or against him. Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back to Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Well, Tuesdays mean action. Not anymore. Uh, so you've got basketball tonight mm-hmm. of a college variety. You've got a little uh, hockey tonight. I'm guessing you're staying away from the puck. Didn't get there. No. 
Uh, so there's a couple of good games basketball. Obviously, the ACC Big Ten Challenge. Baylor's got a good game. They play uh, Marquette. Mm-hmm. Uh, not a bad game. What are you betting? Well, we got six minutes away from USA. I know as a Canadian, it doesn't get you quite as round. You know, the up. whole soccer thing is... So Canada played on Sunday. Mm-hmm. I never even turned it on. You didn't? I just... It doesn't float my boat. If it's it was football. In the exactly. We would be... All over it. Talking about it yes. nonstop. All over it. Doesn't work in America. No. Though the TV numbers are big, and they're going to be they big been? today. Have they been good? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Monstrous for good. England, U.S. back on Black Friday. And this is a huge game for the, yes. for the Americans. When you're today. in. Right. Are they going to? I might have a bet on Iran. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. I'm not a great American. All right, but my real place. Yes. I'm a soccer, that's one thing. Sixth place tonight in college hoops. We start things off Appalachian State. Not very good at basketball. They're a football school. Mm-hmm. Getting eight against Furman. Furman's pretty good. Uh, they have kind of disappointed, though, where I had them in the preseason. I'm going to grab the points here. Give me Appy State with pick number one. NC State, super inconsistent. You saw them play so well against Kansas, then it's gone the other way. I'm going to grab 21.5 with a pretty good William & Mary team uh, as they make their way there. ACC Big Ten Challenge. Clemson, liked what we saw against them, against Iowa, taking on Penn State. Going to be a tight one, one and a half. Clemson's number. home, right? It is at Clemson. Yep. And uh, going to lay it there. Wichita gets Missouri coming to their that. building. That's huge. Yes. Wichita's not very good. Still going to grab the two and a half. Very important game mm-hmm. for their program. Wake Forest getting six at Wisconsin. Wisconsin, that offense stinks. They'll, Imagine. They'll be good at the end of the year because Probably so. that's what Wisconsin is. Yep. Grab Wake and Steve Forbes, the lone tree man, with uh, mm-hmm. the six points in. Told you earlier, I'm on the over. Iowa, Georgia Tech, 147 and a half. You can find that. All right. You can find Murph and Andy right here in about four minutes. Kexano Drive. Heather and Sean take you home. Iowa State women's basketball. Iowa Wild. If you're a fan of the Kexano Fantasy Football Show, it's podcast only tonight, but the crew will be back next week. Trent and I'll be back tomorrow. We're 11-1 to 1 on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 Kexano. Thanks for being here.